Yeah, uh, we're not wasting time here. Let's let's talk Yankees. Episode uh, 534 of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get to the intro, and this should be maybe 15 minutes. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, Showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Oh, 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 oh. Yankees you know, man, I am, for those of you listening to the podcast, I am wearing my Knicks hoodie tonight, my Knicks hoodie, uh, because, it, you know, I officially miss the Knicks and I officially would rather watch the Knicks more than the Yankees because at least the Knicks are, uh, well, the Knicks are actually a better team than the Yankees. The day has come. Where the Knicks are a better organization, they're ran much better than the New York Yankees. And funny thing is, like I've not been happy with the Knicks uh, these last couple days because I believe their off season their off season has gotten off to a pretty bad start. But still, with that, I really, really, really miss watching the Knicks because this Yankees can you call it a team? Uh, this product that they're throwing out there is um yeah no it's it's not good. Um, it's, it's very mediocre. It's extremely average. And again, we're going to try to run through it. So this will be more of an abbreviated edition of the podcast. Um, it's, it's not been a fun time. Uh, and we'll get right into the thick of things. We might run through the game to game stuff. We might not kind of just going to go off the fly. Maybe I'll look at some notes I have down here, but, um, you know, Cashman and Hal spoke to the media this week. Cashman on Tuesday. Um, and what he said, I mean, he really just gave you your usual whole lot of nothing Yankee jargon. You know, Cashman speak. Um, telling us what we all know. And that's really, that was really it. You know, talking about the judge injury. Uh, mentioning how the Yankees are struggling and that they're upset with that. <laughs> Um, it did bother me a little bit to hear that they plan to keep Peraza in AAA. That really annoyed me. Um, he said for development, which I, I think, I think they're trying to keep him in AAA for as long as they have to, because they don't want to tank his value as well. Because if Volpe's not hitting and you call up Peraza, and if he's not hitting, well, <laughs> then you've got your number one and number two prospects with low trade stock all of a sudden, right? Which is why you could have gotten something if you moved one of these guys last year in the Castillo deal. <clears throat> but hey, that's a different story, isn't it? Um, but I mean, we, we can't keep waiting, man. I am t- 
tired of sitting through Josh Donaldson at bats. And as I speak and record this podcast, it's June 22nd, 2023. And if you remember, I said when Donaldson comes back, I'm giving him two weeks maximum in June. I gave him an extra week because I was feeling kind. And he still hasn't shown me shit. And again, it's the same thing. I have the same opinion on him for the same reasons this year as I did last year and in this past winter. Because I just think he's washed up. I just think he's washed up. He just doesn't have it. He sucked last year. He's been awful this year. This year it's been home run or bust. He's 37 years old. Banged up. You watch his at-bats. The reaction time is not great. And that says a lot. That, That says age. Because you see him take a ton of fastballs. What that says is he's not able to react quickly anymore. That tells you his reaction timing is not there. And he was, he heard it from the Bronx this week. He did. This series, I should say. All series long, these last two nights, he heard it from him. Terrible at-bats, terrible errors. He, he's, he's pathetic. He's old, pathetic, and he needs to be cut last year. <laughs> so stop wasting our valuable time and probably play Peraza. Probably promote him. But it probably won't happen. Um, and he's, I think he's been hurt right now anyway. I don't know. He hasn't been playing lately. But, um, yeah, I'm over the Cashman comments. Anything he says goes right through my other ear. Is that the expression? Um, I, I'm over Donaldson. I, I'm, and, then, and then you had Hal speak to Kay and the Greca on Wednesday afternoon. Um, and Hal is out there on, on Yes talking to Kay, to the Greca, and he doesn't understand. Or I think he said he's confused or something as to why Yankees fans are frustrated at their 280-something million dollar team being in third place, 10 games back of first place, closer to fifth place than first place. And he's confused why they're a little bit upset. So I thought that was an amazing comment by him. Um, I mean, fans are spending their hard-earned money. New Yorkers are spending their hard-earned money um, leaving their $10,000, 10-square-foot apartments, spending that money they have to spend on apartments on Yankees games and chicken buckets at the Yankees games because they just love their team. But they have a product that certainly isn't worth all that. Um, so call me crazy, but I think I understand the frustration among the fan base on this one. Um, it's it's really it's amazing though that like George Steinbrenner was your father, so you'd think that with that you'd understand why fans are upset at your mediocre forty-one and thirty-four product halfway through the damn season. 
It's just a little bit tone deaf. It's like you think with your DNA who your father is. You've been around your father your whole life. You'd think he'd at least know why the fan base is upset. <clears throat> right? Um, but he doesn't. Uh, and then he just went on from there, kind of just reaffirming the Yankee mentality, how they think the playoffs are a crapshoot, and how the Yankees just need to get in. Uh, and first off, I don't believe, I, I've always been annoyed at the whole crapshoot narrative. Um, so I did a little bit of digging, I did some mathing, um, and, and I, just to, to see if I'm like statistically correct here. Um, and this isn't really something you should like look at stats for. It's just like know who wins. And but yeah, I looked and I'm like, well, I found that five of the last seven teams who won the World Series held a top three record in the regular season. Uh, so that's pretty good to support the case that it's not exactly a crapshoot. And then I went back deep and I got into the rabbit hole and I started looking all the way back to when the playoffs started adding rounds. And since they added rounds to the postseason, meaning before 1969, they were just regular season and the two best records went straight to the World Series. After that, after after since 1969 and going forward, I looked at, you know, the best records and who usually wins in the World Series. And I found that since they added rounds to the postseason in 1969, just under 75% of World Series winners have had the fourth best record in Major League Baseball or better. So, you know, call me insane, call me crazy. It's pretty consistent. I, I don't believe it's a crapshoot. Like, there are exceptions once every four, five, six years or so, whatever. Sure, but there are exceptions with everything. But there's a consistency. That Hal needs to realize. And sure, one of the top teams, you know, might get lucky. Right? Of the top teams, those four or five might get lucky. But they're still one of the top teams. That's still the best of the best. It's not random. If it, if the playoffs were some random crapshoot, There'd be no dynasties. Do you think the the, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s Yankees were a coincidence? They just happened to get back there off chance? The Giants in the early 2010s decade or whatever that was? That was a coincidence? How did Houston, how do they keep getting back to the World Series? That's not random. But here's, here's let's let's get back on track. The, the more important question is... How do you call this a crapshoot if the Yankees consistently get eliminated for the same one exact reason every October? Right, The last five years, they've been getting eliminated in the playoffs because their bats go cold against top-notch top notch pitching. The home runner bust philosophy has not been working. Anyways, that annoyed me. Uh, and it annoyed Jeter, apparently, too. Um, the whole just-get-in mentality bothered Derek Jeter. Uh, Jeter sat down for a Q&A with Fox earlier uh, yesterday or something. Um, <clears throat> and he said, this is quoted, 
I don't think anyone in the Yankee organization is just going to sit there and say, hey, we just got to get into the playoffs. I just think that's the wrong mentality to have. Derek Jeter said that yesterday. The day after Hal said what he said about just get in. I'm just saying, maybe take it from, 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 take it from the five-time champion, the ultimate winner, the face of baseball before he retired. Take it from that guy. Probably the best advice. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's been their whole built-in philosophy, right? Get in, get in, get in, just get in. That's all you hear from these guys. But that's not the goal. That's not what we do here. When you are the New York Yankees and spend the money you do, that isn't an acceptable answer. Excellence is expected from the Yankee brand, from a corporation worth seven point something billion dollars. And the scary thing is, they tell us this crapshoot, just get in garbage all the time. Like they always repeat this to us every year. You always hear them say the same thing. They constantly remind us. We know, and that's a bad sign. It's it's all every time they speak, it's just Yankee propaganda. And I sound like an old man spewing about politics, I know, but like it's all I do. They they have narratives that they like to push. Just wait until Nestor, Judge, and Rodon come back because they're coming back soon, so we'll all be okay here. And if you're one who falls for that, please don't fall for that because we've been living off of that narrative, that fantasy, for years now. And it's not been working because something always goes wrong. And all Aaron Judge does, I'll say it again, is mask the true legitimate issues with this team. That's all he does. It's not a, it's not a, no roster's perfect, but it's not close to being close to being close to being perfect either. I mean, the fact that Kiner Falefa has had to pitch three times now already this year, that's pretty embarrassing. That's pretty bad. Let's head to break, get back, and maybe we'll recap these couple games. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Stay with us. Be right back. RJ Carbone, your host here on BD4, episode 534. 534, Excuse me. Be right back. We appreciate you sticking around and listening so far. When you have a chance, be sure to open YouTube to subscribe, like, and comment. And if you're already watching on YouTube, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We appreciate your feedback and are always looking to improve. Now, with that all said, let's get you back to the show. You can also find us on social media. If you'd like, you can follow BD4 on Facebook, and we're at BD4Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate you helping us grow more and more every day. Let's get back to it. Welcome back to the podcast. Appreciate you stopping by. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. All right, let's recap it really briefly, though. We'll start with the first game of the series. Uh, well, first game of the series, the Yankees won. Uh, they they ended their four-game losing streak with a victory against the Seattle Mariners in the Bronx, 3-1. to one. Garrett Cole faced George Kirby who shut the Yankees down last time and did a pretty decent job this time. 
Uh, Bob in the first, though, the Yankees on the board early again. They've been doing that lately, uh, except for tonight. Glaber singled, and then Rizzo doubled him home. It was one nothing. Bottom of the second, Harrison Bader singles in his first at-back back. Uh, and then Billy McKinney homers to make it 3-0 Yankees. Top of the sixth, Garrett Cole hits Ty France with a pitch. And then Jared Klenick doubled him in. Put it 3-1. to one. But Cole was dominant and he goes and out into the eighth. Holmes shuts it down from there. And the Yankees win game one. On Monday night, three to one, or was that Tuesday night? Three to one, Tuesday night. Uh, the bats three runs on eight hits, three extra base hits, no walks, six strikeouts, one for three in scoring position. Rizzo was three for four, two doubles and RBI snapped out of his skid. That was nice to see. Uh, Billy McKinney one for three, a homer, two RBIs. He continues to hit. Bader, Glaber, Trevino, and Volpe. Other Yankees with a hit. Uh, it was nice to see Bader return with a hit and a stolen base in this game. Stanton was 0 for 4, two strikeouts. We might talk about him later if I can remember. Uh, Garrett Cole, seven in a third innings, one run. One second. Uh, seven in third innings, one run, four hits, a walk, a hit by pitch. Um, eight strikeouts, 105 pitches in the win. He was fantastic. Continues to be fantastic. We'll talk more on him later. Um, Clay Holmes, an inning and two-thirds. No runs, no hits, no walks. Two strikeouts, a save. Um, He continues to look electric. 20 consecutive outings without allowing a run now. Clay Holmes. So, good for him. And that was it. The Yankees won. The second game of this series took place on Wednesday night. Yankees won 4-2. to uh, Johnny Brito called back up to pitch for this game. Going up against Castillo. Uh, this was the Amazon Prime game. It was also the first day of summer yesterday. Wednesday, June 21st. Um, bottom of the third, Anthony Volpe walks. And then Jake Bowers hits the home run to right field. It's 2-0 Yankees. Bottom of the fourth, Billy McKinney. Goes deep, makes it 3-0 Yankees. Um, the kid, he's hitting. Top of the six, Johnny Brito finishes his night by recording two outs and then walking the number two hitter. Jimmy Cordero replaces him and gets the unconventional 6-4-3. Uh, ground out, goes off of Volpe's glove, into Torres's hands, goes to um, first to end the inning. Uh, Cordero ends up pitching a 1-2-3 as well. But um, in the bottom of the seventh, Volpe goes deep as the um, for the insurance run. His 10th home run of the year. Uh, it made it 4-0 Yankees. Peralta in the top of the eighth comes in, collects two outs, but then he surrenders a home run to the pinch hitter in the number nine spot. Moore, it's 4-1. He's pulled. Then King comes in for him. Um, so Peralta struggles. King comes in. He gets the job done with a three-pitch strikeout to Caballero. Caballero using that uh, wipeout slider he's ha- he, he's got. Um, fucking look good for that inning. Um, Yanks go down pretty quietly in the bottom of the frame. And then it got a little scary in the ninth when Michael King went back out there. He usually does give them multiple innings, but he started to struggle this time out. 
He puts two on base with no outs. And then he got a very lucky deep, deep fly ball to Bader for an out. Then he was pulled for Tommy Canely. Um, so Canely had to close it out with first and third and one out. Canely gets a fly ball after two consecutive changeups to get the second out. But also it scored King's runner and it made it four to two. But then he earned the save with the fastball for strike three on Suarez. And so the Yankees won the second game of the series 4-2. to two. They had four runs on five hits, three home runs, five walks, four strikeouts. Uh, they were over three in scoring position. It was a very Yankee night offensively. Home runs, uh, not a lot of situational hitting. Uh, McKinney had two more hits, though, a single and a homer. Bowers was on base twice more, a homer and a walk. Nice to have lefties inside Yankee Stadium. Um, Volpe also the home run. He also walked earlier. Did a nice job of distracting Luis Castillo when he was on the bases earlier following the um, uh, the walk. And then he distracts Castillo. Castillo throws a mistake pitch to Bowers and he launches it. Um, Glaber walked. Rizzo walked. There was no Stanton in this game. No DJ the Mayhew in this game. Again, uh, Calhoun, a base hit and a walk. Um, Donaldson was in this game, and, and again, this was he got booed hard. Um, otherwise, it, it was a, def- a decent offensive showing, I, I guess. Four runs isn't great, but I mean, look who they they did it against. You know, three runs versus Castillo. They got on base eight times in, in five innings against Castillo, so that's that's pretty good. Uh, and Brito, five and two thirds innings, no runs, two hits, a walk, three strikeouts, eighty-one pitches in the win. I won't lie, I was annoyed when I saw Brito's name and not Randy Vasquez as the guy to make the spot start. But the guy he pitched well. I mean, he outdueled Luis Castillo in this game, so you have to give him credit for that. Um, you maybe could have made a case that Johnny Brito should have been left out there a little bit longer. Uh, because it did end up affecting other relievers, they were all have you know, they all had to be left um, to be used in the middle of innings. I know a lot of people don't like that, but it was a tight game. It is Brito. It's the third time through the order. I didn't kill Boone for it, um, but he looked good. He was mainly two seam slider in this game. Uh, he went to the changeup a little tiny bit later on in the night, like in the fourth and fifth innings, but he was attacking primarily. Um, Two seam heavy, and that thing was at 97. It looked very good. Uh, he, he was very, very effective with that two seam sinker he's got. Uh, the bullpen. Cordero gets the job done again. Peralta and King struggled again. Those two guys have got to get it going. We cannot afford both of them to be slumping like, like they are right now. King has allowed runs in four of five outings, I believe, now. Uh, he's just he's mislocating a ton, not throwing consistent strikes. The mechanical issues are there. Um, Peralta's not been good either. He's either letting up a run, uh, an inherited runner to score, or he's putting traffic on the bases. Uh, but Kainley does again clutch up and he gets the big save. Um, and, and that was the second game of the set. Game three, I mean, we're not even gonna like tonight's game. The Yankees lose ten to two. Uh, may as well have been ten nothing. Yeah, Domingo Herman. Against Wu. Uh, I'll, I'll sum it up right here. Domingo got bitched and IKF pitched. That's it. Um, IKF also homered. So, 
He is. Uh, it is a fact, not an exaggeration, to say that Isaiah Connor Falefa is the second best player. Uh, I'm sorry, the second best two-way player in baseball. That's literally a fact. So that's cool that we have that guy on our team. Um, and also, the Yankees continue to lack any type of basic fundamental. Um, three errors tonight in one inning. Uh, Donaldson, pathetic. Herman off the glove there, pathetic. Rizzo, I think the play after, very pathetic. Uh, I, I guess the, the lone positive was that the defense tonight was it kind of made the defense at Femway look gold glove caliber. So like I've I spent no you know what? I wouldn't even say that. I still feel like man, like seriously, like like I'm still thinking about that defense at Friday night at Femway. I it's tough. I get more frustrated at this team's fundamentals every night. I don't know. They they always make it's uh, it was tough. I don't know. I tried to make a joke there, but honestly, their defense has sucked. Um, but yeah, I mean, making three errors in an inning is is just another Thursday in Yankee Stadium, so that's nice. But yeah, this is where we are, and that right there—the errors, the fundamental mistakes on the bases and shit—that's why I continue to tell you people. Aaron Boone, despite being a puppet, despite, you know, the in-game decisions not being him, he's still not that guy. Because I don't believe the accountability is there. Um, He can be friendly. He could be nice. And I'm sure he's an excellent guy. He seems like someone who I'd like to be around. He seems like a real positive, real awesome human being. I think he's a cool guy. I do. And I love, like tuning into John Boy every Tuesday to hear the interviews they ask him, the questions they ask him, they interview him every Tuesday. And he seems like a cool guy to shoot the shit with. He really does. But a major league manager, no. Um, I'm not a fan of him as a major league manager. And, and the media can call him a baseball guy all they want, right? That's that's the media. That's what they do. I mean, this is they were literally hyping up Yankees Red Sox last week like it was 04. They like to hype things up. But to me... You know, to a fat kid on the couch watching the game, I don't think he has the it factor. Um, I just don't think he has what it takes to be a championship-level manager. He doesn't hold these guys accountable. He doesn't keep them in line. Instead, he makes excuses for them every single post-game when he sings love stories about them and his pressers. So, I'm sitting here like, why do you think it is? The Yankees continue to make these same kindergarten-level mistakes every night. Balks, catcher's interferences, getting caught on the bases, errors in the field, etc. Because their leader does not lead. He cheerleads. That's the only kind of leading he does. Um, I said it last week. You have that kind of guy in the clubhouse. You're going to have that kind of atmosphere in the in in the clubhouse, and I see it. Like I hate how often I see this team down big, and smiling and laughing in the dugout. You know, last episode we mentioned Michael King, um, or whenever the Red Sox episode was, we mentioned him. You know, chuckling on ESPN the same day he got bitched around. 
Um, you know, tonight you see IKF get a strikeout, and you got Clark Schmidt and Johnny Loizaga having a grand old time in the dugout. I mean, I get it, but like, I don't know. If I'm down ten nothing and I'm in the spot the Yankees are, and I'm you know in the situation they are right now, I'm pissed off. Like, I don't see it. I don't see why losing. Like, how? How doesn't it? Bo- how are you smiling and laughing? I don't know. They're making millions. I guess it makes sense. But to me, that kind of bothers me, man. Like, I want this team to look down. You see other teams, like the Astros, I've seen them... I've seen them look really pissed off. I don't know. I'm going... I'm going just... This is just off the top of my head. It's probably a nitpick, but I just don't feel like they have that fire. That's not. It's not something you can measure. It's not something you can prove right or wrong. Um, it's just an eye test thing, and I just don't see it with them. Uh, and that's and it, it's it's like it's an organizational thing, man. It's an organizational thing. Like he, I feel like, and I'm gonna sound like the old man waving his fist, but I feel like under George, these guys were uncomfortable, but as a positive, like they were scared. And I feel like that's how you motivate. That's how you motivate. You got to make these guys uncomfortable. But these guys, Cashman, Boone, they know their jobs are safe. They all do. That's the difference between this Yankee regime and the one under George. Because they were scared, they were terrified. They had to win because they knew they were going to get ripped into. Or somebody might have been fired if they kept losing. These guys, though, they know they're safe. They collect their paychecks and they go home smiling because they know they're safe. Cashman knows he's buddies with Hal. Boone knows he's safe because he doesn't says everything him and the nerds, Cashman and Hal and the nerds tell him to do. It's it's a it's like a it's a it all ties together, man. There's no more fear in this organization. He's so different. I know. I know he's not going to be George. It's useless to complain about. But he is so different from him that it's it's kind of hard to fathom sometimes. You know, Hal's out there saying he doesn't listen to podcasts or content creators. Um, George probably read the paper every single day. George probably turned on the damn TV, ESPN, and, and, and sat through these losing streaks and and watch the media talk about it because it pissed him off and he, and he wanted some fire and he did shit about it. I just, the Yankees are a little bit too complacent for me. So, I, you know, part of me, if I'm not the most positive fan, but like, even when we start winning, I'll never be positive because I think it's deeper than just the day to day with them. We're going to head to break, get back. Uh, I guess we'll talk about some injury shit and maybe wrap it up a few minutes after that. Stay with us. Be right there. Episode 534, the podcast, BD4. I'm your host, RJ. Be right back. If you have time in the day or maybe just prefer old-fashioned reading over listening, then you can always follow along and subscribe to BD4 Blog by going to bd4blog.com. We're not on there as often, but when we do post, it's just as entertaining, opinionated, and passionate as we are on this podcast. 
Thank you so much. And let's keep on with the show. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Uh, LSU just hit the big... Excuse me. LSU just advanced to the uh, Little League Finals. Gosh damn. Um, where are we? To care about injuries, uh, you know, Rodon began his rehab assignment on Tuesday. Went three innings, one run, one hit, a walk, five Ks. The velocity was in the low 90s, topped out at 95. Don't love that, but hopefully that improves as he keeps pitching. I believe he's scheduled to make his next start on Sunday, and then he will do one more before um, joining the Yankees. I think he's going to make his next start with um, Scranton because he's with Somerset right now. Uh, But he's, yeah, two more, and then he's with the Yankees apparently, so we'll see. Uh, Judge says he's feeling better. He's supposed to start throwing, whatever the fuck that means. I don't care. Um, Some of these injury updates I just, I laugh at because the only injury update I care uh, is is when a guy's on his rehab assignment because that means he's one step from joining the team. Uh, Calhoun is out a month now with a quad issue. Um, that sucks because he was hitting a little bit. Uh, yeah, he heard it on um, uh, Wednesday night. Uh, it's funny, I was listening to him in his interview and I had no idea this this dude spoke a word of English, but he speaks perfect English. Um, just the way he, I'd never seen him talk. And a lot of the Yankee players, you know, a lot of the Hispanic players on the team, um, you know, they don't speak English except for Glaber, which is why I really respect Glaber for that. But I had no, <laughs> I was, I was expecting him to, you know, have a, this huge accent and bring this translator. He speaks great English. I was like, oh, really, Calhoun? First time I've ever heard the guy speak. Awesome. Um, Oswaldo Cabrera was promoted in his um, following this news, and and you know he played tonight and didn't do much. Um, shocker. We'll hand out our, our, you know, we'll tip our cap to our three guys this series, and um, that's that. We're not going to go through the graphics. I didn't even make graphics this time. We're just going to run through who we're giving them out to. Uh, Billy McKinney is getting um, is getting my respect this series. I'm tipping my cap to Billy McKinney. He gets his second cap tip on the season. He went four for nine this series, two home runs, a walk, three RBIs. <laughs> Kid does nothing but hit. I believe he's reached base in every game, and he's hit in every game but one. Uh, and he's doing this in Aaron Judge's spot. So I guess in a way you you can't say Judge is the reason or the injury is the reason we're losing because <laughs> McKinney's been pretty damn good. Um, Garrett Cole, in the starting rotation, I'm going to Garrett Cole for his um, eighth cap tip of the season. Um, Garrett Cole, after that outing, is now 8-1 on the year with a 2.64 ERA across 16 starts. Uh, he's been excellent. And my whole thing, again, with Garrett Cole and the Yankees is, is to please take care of the days he pitches and to win on those nights, right? Uh, my ask at the start of the year, I say this every time, was for the Yankees to play 700 ball when he takes the mound. Well, the Yankees this year on Garrett Cole nights are 12-4. and four. That is 750 ball right there. So, great job there. Um, he was mainly fastball slider in this one, and he mixed in the cutter a little more than usual. 
Um, batters were 0 for 6 on the slider and 3 of 17 on the four-seamer, and I think he threw about seven cutters. Um, got a ton of swing and misses, if you're into that stat. <laughs> 20 swing and misses on the night, which was a season high for him. Um, but yeah, he looked great. He was rolling, and he had that, that FU moment in the uh, was it the seventh inning against uh, Caballero. You know, just Caballero doing a bunch of antics in between pitches and taking his time. Being a little extra with it. So you had Cole pump his hardest fastball of the night to him. Threw one over his head. Uh, way over his head. And then he got him K-ing to end the inning. And then Cole walking towards the Yankee dugout. Was barking at either Caballero or uh, Seattle. Someone, maybe their manager or something. Um, did the whole finger wag. <laughs> it was funny. I love it. It's exactly what you want from him. The end of the day, he 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 shut down the the Mariner bats, um, and the Yankees need to let this guy go deep into games more often. It's not often when he goes seven plus, um, but it's not always on him. He does throw a ton of pitches because he's a strikeout pitcher, but still, I feel like a lot of the time Boone limits him. Once he hits one hundred pitches, Boone has this short leash, and he should not. Um, and. I did love that the fact the Yankees only used one relief pitcher in this game was unbelievable. Like, I really, really, really do miss those days. It was much simpler when you had your starting pitcher, your setup man, and your closer on most nights. Like, the plan was to use three guys. It used to be to use three guys. (laughs) But now we're in this numbers crunching era, the mix and match era. Uh, It's just, it's completely different with analytics. You got to use at least six guys now, it feels like. Uh, but it was a great, excellent game pitched by Cole for his eighth um, cap tip on the year. And then Clay Holmes, I'm giving him my respect. I'm tipping my cap to Clay Holmes for the fourth time this year. Um, he continues to to shut it down. Again, 20 innings in a row now without allowing a run, knock on wood. That sinker is back. It's all about his command. Um, when he's commanding that slider, he's dominant. Because it pairs really, really, really well with that two-seam or sinker that he throws. So, Clay Holmes gets his fourth cap tip. And um, is that it? I think that's it. I don't know if we have anything else to talk about. Um, Giancarlo Stanton, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. Not a whole lot of concern yet, but there's some concern. Um, I, I, I know that Stanton struggled a lot last year. He played 110 games and hit 211. 110 games isn't a lot, but it's a lot of games when you're hitting 211. It's a big sample size for that. You combine that with, what's he played? 30-something games this year, maybe? And he's doing, he's batting one-something, maybe 200. It's, it's, It's starting, you know, his body's breaking down. He's getting hurt again. I hope... I don't have to start using the W word with him like I've been doing with Donaldson and LeMayhew, right? I'm going to wait because I know he's a streaky-ass player. I know he always gets into slumps when he comes back off the DL. And I know that when he doesn't play the outfield, he tends to not hit. So hopefully tonight was the start of the Yankees playing him more in the outfield, but he didn't look great tonight. But we'll see. Um, Volpe. Since he has changed his batting stance and closed his front foot off a little bit, looks a lot better at the plate. 
Um, let's see if I can pull up his numbers since then. Uh, two hits against the Mets, one hit, one hit against Boston, then he was 0 for 3, 0 for 4, 1 for 3, 1 for 2, 1 for 2 this series. So there you go. He looks a lot better. Um, I'm not going to do the math here. I don't really know, but yeah, he's walking more. He's starting to walk again, taking pitches, and he's driving the ball the other way. He had the base hit to right field late in the game tonight when it didn't matter, but matters for him because he's need you know he needs to get that confidence back up and start hitting again. So hopefully that's something. Um, we got Texas up next, and they're a great team. And the Yankees, well, they are going to have to take at least two more. So the good thing was the Yankees did win a series, their first series that they've won since the Dodgers series in early June. Um, but the bad news is that they continue to just really put a damper on things. They take two games, and it feels like they got swept because of the way they lost tonight. So, I don't know. I'm not too positive, but we're going to wrap this one up here um, with our trivia question, and that'll be that. So, let's get to it right now. All right. So, in this episode, episode 534 of the podcast, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is Daryl Strawberry signed a one-year contract with the Yankees in June of 1995. How many years did he go on to play for the franchise? All right. Daryl Strawberry signed a one-year contract with the Yankees in June of 1995. How many years did he go on to play for the franchise? So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. Once again, one final time, Daryl Strawberry signed a one-year contract with the Yankees in June of 1995. How many years did he go on to play for the franchise? So with that said, if you get the answer correct, let me know and I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. That made no sense. Um, if you don't get it correct, try again the next one. But with that said, I appreciate you guys stopping by. That's going to be it for episode 534. I'm your host, RJ. Thanks for tuning in to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA on occasion, Yanks every series, Knicks every game, and MMA on occasion. And I'll see you in episode 535 when we're going over this Yankees-Texas series. Uh, I believe the Rangers are coming to the Bronx, or I think they're coming to the Bronx. Um, are they coming to the Bronx or the Yankees going there? Let's find this out. Yep. Coming to the Bronx for a three-game set. 7 uh, 7.05 tomorrow night, and then they got a uh, 4.05 and a 135 Saturday, Sunday. So, well, if the Yankees really, really, really want to um, start turning their season around, this is an excellent series to do so to impress some people with at least two against the Rangers. I mean, they, they need a sweep, honestly. I know it's the Rangers, but you're supposed to be the Yankees. You know, you, you, you know what I'm saying here? They need a sweep badly. They haven't. Like, they had the, the one five-game win streak this year. They need something going. Like, they need to really, really string together some fucking wins here. 
Because 41 and 34, <laughs> that is really, really disgusting. <laughs> that's an ugly record. Um, it's very mediocre. All right, that's it, and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor. Hey there. If you stayed the entire way through, we thank you immensely for it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come back for the next episode real soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, download these episodes, and share them with your friends as well. BD4 is a five-star podcast simply because of you. And we'd like to keep it that way. Have a wonderful day. Go Yankees and go Knicks.